Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode. Today, we're going to do a little bit of an exploration, and I'll start us off with a question. Are you putting too much pressure on yourself? The reason that I ask is because I've noticed that when we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, it can actually get in the way of our taking action. So if you are putting too much pressure on yourself, this could be the reason that you're not taking the action that you want to be taking. Or you could be taking a lot of action, but it's not the strategic action that you want to be taking. It's interesting because when we step back and we look at self-imposed pressure, when we look at it objectively, we know that it creates resistance. If you push against your own hand with your hand, your automatic response is to push back, to create some resistance. (laughs) We know this is true because if you've ever tried to get a toddler to do anything, (laughs) you know that the more pressure you exert on them, the more resistance that they have. And this is true for all ages, everyone. And it's true whether the pressure is coming from someone else, or even if it's being generated from our own brains. I often hear clients credit their ability to get things done with the pressure that they put on themselves. What many of my clients have also noticed is that that strategy is productive, but only to a certain point. At some point, that pressure becomes more like a a pressure cooker than a motivating force. You'll know that it's no longer an effective strategy by the results that you're getting. Since your actions determine your results, it's so interesting and worthwhile to take a look at what's actually fueling your actions and how you're showing up. Those actions can be fueled by pressure or they can be fueled by something else like desire. When we contrast these two types of fuel, the pressure with something like desire, we notice that there's potentially different actions that create different results from those different types of fuel. For example, I notice that when I shame myself into action, I say something like, you should do this, or you shouldn't have done that. When I force myself through willpower to do things that I don't really want to do, I then feel out of alignment, out of integrity with myself, which then it feels like I'm fighting with myself. It feels like I'm actually hating on a small part of myself which then makes me feel fragmented and scattered. One way to identify if you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself is to pay attention to how you feel at the end of the day, at the end of the weekend, at the end of the vacation. When you notice yourself feeling more tired and dread, more often than feeling productive and energized, then that might be a good indication that you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. It's very tiring. What's even more interesting, I find, is when the actions are the same, but the results are different 
when they're being fueled by two different types of fuel. For example, when I'm being fueled by pressure and I do something, I often show up reluctantly, maybe half-hearted with inconsistent action. That type of action often yields different results than when I'm being fueled by desire or motivation or confidence and I then show up doing the same action potentially, but I show up abundantly, I give it 100%, I'm showing up consistently. I'm getting different results. In both those situations, even when the actions and behaviors are exactly the same, when they're being fueled by two different types of fuel. It's kind of like the parallel between feeling nervous and feeling excitement. I notice that when I'm getting ready to speak publicly and I recognize myself feeling nervous, it's now very easy for me to see how nervous energy and excitement energy, they feel the same. I'm also careful not to push against the nervous energy or make it mean that something is wrong. Instead, what I like to do is harness it and channel it towards excitement and speaking with passion. In this way, I can strike a balance between acknowledging my emotions and denying my emotions, given that denial is likely for me to create more pressure. It's so interesting how I show up when I feel strictly nervous with very little self-awareness around it and how I show up when I recognize that I'm feeling nervous and excited and take a hold of all of that energy to up-level my speech. For me, it's the difference between showing up tentatively and showing up with confidence. The subtext that I'm sending to myself is that not only can I handle feeling nervous in those situations, but I can also harness and channel it into productive action. Being able to take control of my emotional experience like that allows me to show up differently, more confidently, take more strategic action and create different results. My experience of speaking from nervous energy is radically different than my experience of speaking from confidence. Once you see how the fuel that you're creating is responsible for your results, the next natural question is, how do I tap into the different types of fuel to create those different results? For me, this has become a bit of an experiment. I've experimented with motivation, courage, determination, and desire. All of these different types of fuel have definitely created different results than the self-imposed pressure model. When I motivate myself into action, I feel like I'm doing things from a place of desire. I feel like I'm in alignment with myself. I can feel myself integrating, moving forward from a place of self-belief. I experience growing confidence. I am more likely to build myself up instead of tear myself down. The trick here is to recognize when you're putting pressure on yourself. Reflecting on different situations when you're acting from a fuel of pressure can be really helpful to build this awareness. Can you think of a recent example of a situation when you were feeling a great deal of pressure? The best question to ask in reflection is, what were the thoughts that created those feelings of pressure for me? 
maybe it was something like, I need to catch up, or I'm feeling behind, or I don't want to let people down. Or maybe I was thinking I made a mistake or that I was afraid of making a mistake. For you, what were the thoughts that were causing you to feel pressure? Catching these thoughts in hindsight is the key to identifying them in the moment. There's different types of thoughts that can create pressure, but the one that I see most commonly is this belief that the goal is perfection and the alternative is failure. Sort of that perfectionist mindset. This can lead us to emotionally holding on to our mistakes and paying more attention to what's not working than what is working. It can also lead to self-judgment and that self-imposed pressure of making sure we get it right the next time for fear of shaming and beating up on ourselves. I think we may underestimate the power of talking to ourselves with the same loving kindness that we would offer to someone else in that same situation. Another situation that might create a lot of self-imposed pressure is the idea of a high work ethic. So there's two types of work ethic that I've noticed. There's one where you're working hard to tap into greater resources and that sense of accomplishment. And the other is working hard to prove yourself. Notice when you're thinking you want to accomplish a goal so that you can prove yourself capable to yourself or to others. That proving energy usually comes from some belief that you may not be able to actually do it. So in order to allow yourself to believe that it's possible for you, you have to prove it to yourself. This puts a lot of pressure on you to get it done at all costs in order to allow yourself to feel competent. And oftentimes, this is where people might attribute their success, their hard work to all of that self-imposed pressure. Because sometimes that hard work does pay off. But when it's being fueled by the pressure and that proving energy, then the moment that it doesn't yield the results that we want, we can tell ourselves that it's because we didn't exert enough pressure on ourselves, or maybe that there's some sort of deficiency on our part. So then that causes us to either work harder, or in the event that we're tapped out, just give up. That's what happens when we operate from that place of pressure, is that we are more likely to feel stressed and burned out and work harder until we just can't work any harder. If you find yourself working hard from a place of that proving energy rather than from a place of motivation, my favorite way to alleviate that pressure is to balance my focus with an emphasis on what is going well, not just what isn't going well. Start connecting the dots between your efforts, your ability to work hard from a place of desire to the results that you're getting. It's a very interesting exercise. It's like thinking about how you might show up differently to an interview for a job that you really, really loved and wanted in contrast to an interview for a job that you didn't really feel qualified for, but you wanted to prove yourself. 
what would be the difference in your tone and your energy in those two different situations? For those who might say they work in a high pressure job, so therefore it's just natural that they would feel a lot of pressure, what I can offer in that situation is to play around with the perspective there a bit. It's easy to get locked into a certain perspective, which then creates a story that can influence many different areas of your life. If we accept that it's true that you work in a high-pressure job, what is your current story about that? And how does that story make you feel? I know for myself that when I'm thinking about working in a high-pressure job, it starts to lead me to think about all the ways that I don't have control over that pressure because I'm attributing that pressure to the job. It's just inherent within the circumstances of the job which leaves me feeling very powerless. I remember when I worked at 911 Emergency Dispatch, many of my coworkers felt that it was a high-pressure job. And I noticed that some of them became very stressed and burned out and ended up taking leaves, while others seemed to be energized by the work. It was so interesting to see how their results could be different even when they were all working in the same high-pressure job. That's when I started to realize that it isn't necessarily the job that's creating the pressure. It is likely more the story and their thoughts about the job. When their story was more about how they were helping, how they were making a difference, they were more likely to feel helpful and in control. That's when I first started to realize that the story we create about our job and the pressure that we put on ourselves is way more critical to our well-being than the job itself. The last step in managing the self-imposed pressure is to become more proactive around it. Looking into the future and identifying a situation where you might typically be inclined to impose some pressure on yourself. In preparing for that situation, create some intention. Something like, when I find myself thinking that I've made a mistake, I could ask myself a powerful question like, what else might be true in this moment? What do I want to tell myself when I've made a mistake? One of my favorites, I tell myself that I'm leveling up. That sinking sensation that I get when I feel like I've made a mistake I associate that with the idea that I'm leveling up because in my mind, making mistakes is a natural byproduct of putting myself out there, taking risks and growing. So it's easy for me to reframe a mistake as a learning opportunity. One way to start to ease up on yourself is to notice your expectations of yourself as well as your expectations of others. Sometimes it's hard to see where we hold ourselves to a different standard until we recognize the standards that we are holding for those around us. Accepting your own weaknesses can be easier when we accept the weaknesses of others around us. One of my favorite practices for relieving some self-imposed pressure is what I call a balanced focus. I allow my brain to focus on the negative, which most human brains have a tendency to do, And then I balance it out with a focus on the positive. I noticed in the beginning that creating this balanced focus was a little bit like weightlifting. At first, the positive focus required a great deal of determination and repetition. I would even set a timer to prevent my brain from slipping back into the default mode of negativity. 
over time with practice, I've noticed that my brain doesn't always default to the negative focus. And when it does, it's much easier for me to recognize it and redirect it if I want to. This has gone a long way to relieving some of that self-imposed pressure by increasing my self-appreciation. It can be challenging to stop putting pressure on yourself, particularly if this has been a habit you've had for a long time. You may be interested in relieving some of that pressure, but you might not be sure how to go about it, or you may even be worried that without the pressure, you won't get as much done. I want to assure you that putting less pressure on yourself can be the key to mental and emotional well-being. And from that place of well-being, I find that I often get more done and feel better rather than the opposite. If you're finding that self-imposed pressure is resulting in procrastination or lots of busy work and stress for you, please check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca for more information on my coaching program, how to take strategic action. Take care, everyone.